This episode is brought to you by The Wanna Summit, the one day that's going to change your life. For more information, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. topics that are important to you. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And welcome. Today, let's get down, let's get dirty, and let's get behind some closed doors. <laughs> you know, we're going we're gonna to tackle something that I think is um, on the forefront of most of us. It's relationships. You know, it's the forefront of our mind all the time. You know, if our relationships are not going well or if we're having fights with our partners or our kids or anybody in our lives, it affects everything. I'm a big one for saying how we do one thing is how we do everything. So how we are in our relationships is how we are in our work. It's how we are with our children. It's how we are cooking dinner. It's how we are towards ourselves. And you know what? I reckon we're three girls... In relationships, and we've all been in our relationships for different times and different amounts of times, and, you know, everybody has their ups and their downs, so I reckon it's probably a good idea for us to use ourselves as an example today for the kind of crap that goes on behind closed doors. Let's let's air our dirty laundry and get it out there so that we can start to really explore ways of handling ourselves in relationships that are different, more expanded, more evolved. Because if we keep doing the same damn thing, Cindy O'Meara, we're going to keep getting the same results. <laughs> yes, and this whole discussion started because of yesterday. Uh, yes, I came in quite upset because I'd had an argument with my husband about a barbecue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tell us all about mm-hmm. it. Mm. Well, it just, I wasn't, uh, look, it's not even worth going into, but we were arguing about a barbecue. Mm. And we had this beautiful discussion yesterday after it, Kim you know, she told me about her laundry and Karen did the same and we, yeah. just, we just were really quite... I was upset more than anybody. But what was interesting is what we came up with. It actually calmed me down and made me understand, you know, what relationships are all about. Mm. And I think that that is what I really learned and, and we all said we need to discuss this mm. because everybody has a relationship and we all have problems Uh, you know like behind closed doors nobody knows what's going on behind closed doors no and although we're not going to tell you everything I think it's important that people understand that you're not in it alone we're all doing it and we all have these issues and it'd be really nice if we could solve them decrease the divorce rate you know (laughs) I, I think you've had a really good point every one of us in relationship or relationship with children or relationship with work colleagues or mums, parents, sisters, whatever, there is always potential for breakdowns or or moments of discourse. And I think that is part of health and well-being, which is why I think we all think it's such an important topic to discuss today. And yes, you know, some of my dirty laundry, I adore my husband. You both know how much I love my husband and my children. But there are times when I, I could... 
I could, I could, <laughs> you should see her face. I could throttle them. If you could, see, <laughs> if you could see her face, you would giggle. <laughs> you know, for me, let, let me give an example. Uh, can I give an example? Yeah, go, go, go. <laughs> Look, you know, this is the thing. This is, this is one of the things that I think is really important. We're all very much keeping our dirty laundry to ourselves because it stinks. Mm. And so we should in some respects. But I think that there's also value in really, you know, sharing it and saying what goes on for us because we're all human and we all go through similar things. Our experiences might be different, but the feelings are all the same. Mm. But if we're all so scared to talk about it and just to reveal what goes on in our lives, how can any of us ever feel normal you know, you know, like when you talk about what goes on in your relationships, and you think, "Oh, geez, my relationship's normal. Thank God." Like, <laughs> I'm okay here. But I you think, know? but I think the other thing that's really important is when you do air that dirty laundry, that you're airing it with people that have a sense of perhaps a helicopter view, perhaps a a more holistic view. Because if you're going to air your dirty laundry, and you're just going to have friends or partners or other people turn around and go, "Oh, yeah, well, he's such a." I don't think that solves anything. And I think that's what we got that big aha yesterday is that the three of us have had moments when our partners get on our wick as much as I'm sure we get on theirs. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just too perfect, isn't it? <laughs> but I think that is a very crucial thing that we got yesterday was an ability to coach one another through tough times and you know for me personally my husband was a top international athlete his body is a machine and it was what paid the bills so for me from a very young stage when we were together and we've been married nearly 20 years in a couple of months I look at it and I used to think that everything that we put in that body is really important now that he's finished playing cricket and and he's now travelling the world as a commentator, you know, I'll get phone calls. Oh, I've got such a sore stomach. Oh, I'm on the loo. I can't move. <laughs> oh, and I'll go, what have you eaten? And he'll go, oh, we had quite a few beers tonight. And I instantly go into, oh, suck it up. You know, like, you know, you've done this to yourself. You know, you, you've got to, if you're going to do that to yourself, fine. But find ways in order to heal yourself as well. But And stop complaining <laughs> about it. But, but you know, Denny, Denny's now learned, and it's thanks to having you guys in our lives, that, you know, that sugar and wheat and, and beer as well are, are foods that really disrupt his bowel system, his functionality of poos um and there we go can we have a podcast without poo can we girls is it possible i think poo is quite important but anyway <laughs> but what i do think is that you know we give them the education i think you brought this up yesterday karen you can tell people you can think that you you can say what they should do you can tell people how they should say things or do things but at the end of the day we are only responsible for our own well-being and our own behavior we cannot change others mm. Is that true? Yeah, look, you know, and, honest, and, and I'll be serious now. You know, I'm, I'm over the poo comment. I'll be serious. <laughs> it's definitely true because, you know, relationships are the lifeblood of life. And the way that we interact in our relationships is everything. But the tragedy for humans is that our relationships are so conditioned on preconceived ideas and preconceived conditioning on what's acceptable. You know, Kim and I went for a, a walk a couple of weeks ago and it was a 10-kilometre walk and little did she know, but my legs were aching <laughs> by the end of it. I did my best to keep up. You did well. But throughout that conversation, 
I was going through a phase where I decided it was time to start questioning everything because everything that we've been taught and everything that we've been conditioned from a societal perspective, everything we've been conditioned to believe, I actually don't know that it works. You know, if we think about, um, you know, I was just recently working with somebody just in the last um, couple of weeks who had a relationship where her partner was unfaithful. And it was, I think it was the third time she mentioned that her partner had been unfaithful. And she'd stayed with him for the first two times, hoping that um, he would change and that he wouldn't do that again. The third time it happened, now she's working with me saying, what do I do with this? How do I, how do I stay with him or do I leave? Am I supposed to leave? Is that what the right thing is? And from a normal society's perspective, she should have left the first time. You know, a leopard doesn't change his spots and infidelity is unacceptable. So from a, a normal society's point of view, she should have left. She chose not to and her relationship has been on a slow decline since then. Now, whether that's got anything to do with her or him, you know, I'm not that far involved with it yet. But my questioning was, how come we make each other so wrong when we make a choice that is for our ultimate happiness? Hmm. And I know that this sounds really bizarre. It's really really quite left of centre, so just bear with me as I kind of work through it. I'm going somewhere with it, I promise. But let's say... I'm with my partner, Matt, who I love to bits. You know, we certainly have our challenges. There's no two ways about that. But I do love him. And and imagine if I was to go and be unfaithful. In the moment that I chose to be unfaithful or in the setup of being unfaithful or finding that person to be unfaithful with and the setup with it and the actual process of going through the infidelity and then the days afterwards, you know, it's a fairly significant and a major event when you're in a relationship with somebody. But I made a conscious choice. I was not unconscious when I made that choice. I made that choice. I didn't make that choice in order to hurt Matt. I made the choice in order to fulfill my own need. So it was about me, not him. Yet he's the one who's ultimately going to suffer the fallout of it, of course. I'm not suggesting this has happened because it certainly hasn't happened in my relationship. I'm just talking hypothetically. Why... Must I be made wrong for a decision that was ultimately about me seeking for my own happiness? And if that's the case, don't we all want for each other to be happy? Doesn't Matt just want me to be happy? Of course he does, like I do for him. I just want him to be happy. I don't want him to ever be unhappy. And if he makes a choice or if I make a choice in that moment about being happy and that leads to infidelity or that is a choice choice of infidelity, yes, he may choose not to stay with me and that's his decision, of course. I'm not saying he should stay. He must make his own choice and we all have that freedom. But my point is what part of society, at what point did society say that happiness was wrong? And at what point did society say that being with another person... Um, you know, I mean, I, I get societal norms and I really do get, you know, the whole concept around infidelity and all of that. I'm not, su- I'm not suggesting it's something to be laughed at. I'm just questioning it. Yeah. I'm just saying because a person makes the decision in order to seek for their happiness. And if we are to be responsible beings seeking for our own happiness all the time, knowing no one else can actually make us happy because that's the reality. We make ourselves happy. If somebody is along our path walking along us, alongside us, and they are happy too, that is a bonus. 
But ultimately, we are all responsible for our own happiness. So if I make a decision or a choice, whether it's to go and buy an ice cream or to sleep with somebody else, ultimately, I'm making a choice for my own happiness. And at what point did society decide that my choice for my own happiness was wrong? Does that make sense? Definitely. And I, we need to question every part of our life. Sometimes that can get um, overwhelming. You know, like I question everything about food. Mm. You question everything about the mind and societal norms and... And, and Kim questions everything about what's the norm with exercise or what's the norm with skincare or what's the norm. So it makes so much sense to me. Mm. Why shouldn't we start to question what is normal and what isn't? Like, you know, yesterday we were talking about when a couple are arguing and it gets heated mm. and the finger is pointed all the time. Mm. And, you know, what you had to say... Um, really made sense to me and would you like to talk about that because I just I got a lot out of that Um, so So I'm hoping everyone else will too what I um, part of this whole questioning and it's been you know work that I've been doing along relationships gosh for about 10 years I'd say but one of the things that gives me incredible perspective is that you know, even from the concept of, of what I was just talking about there with infidelity and who says it's wrong, one of the things that I do often is I look at myself and I think, okay, well, in my business, what's my end game? Where do I want to land up? And if I want to land up with my own television show, well, rather than going through a whole bunch of you know, steps to get there, why don't I just go and pitch a television show? And so I just go straight to the end game. In my relationship, if ultimately what I want is to have a happy relationship where I'm happy, well, why must I go through a whole bunch of palaver to get to happiness? Why don't I just get to the end game now? And I was looking at that in the context of my life, and I thought, well, in the end game, what's the end game for humans? What's the end game for all of us? And the end game for all of us is, you know, um, a spirit being. That's my belief. You know, that's not everybody else's belief. But in my mind, you know, there I am sitting up in the pearly gates, wings and all, um, at the right hand of the almighty you know whoever that is and whatever that is but i'm a spiritual being where all of the things that i've given so much attention to like barbecues um (laughs) that i've given so much attention to in my human form don't matter anymore you know i'm not going to care because in my house i had a fight with matt about where he put the pizza oven because the pizza oven scares the hell out of me in the middle of the night if i'm to get up because it looks like a person (laughs) so to move it and I can't move it it's too damn heavy so (laughs) hilarious but you know when I'm up there in the pearly gates with my wings on I'm not going to be worrying about um where the pizza oven was or where the barbecue is correct and I'm also and here's the other reality I'm also not going to be worrying about whether my partner has been unfaithful to me because all that matters when we're in our most evolved form and it's just an imagined form because I'm still human obviously but if you imagine it when you're sitting up there in the pearly gates and you're an angel form you're not going to be condemning anybody for anything because all you're going to see is that they've made a human choice in their lives they made a decision to pursue their own happiness and if they knew better they would have done better and if they had any idea of the fallout that that was going to cause they would would have made a different choice but in the moment they didn't they made the best choice they were capable of making so when we're sitting there with our wings on we're not going to be holding anybody responsible for anything that anybody's ever done 
whether they stole a book or they ripped me off 10 bucks or they, you know, they were unfaithful. We're not because all that matters in life is the, the love that we've had and it's the connections that we've had. Yet while we're here in our human form, we make the love and the connections that we have, we give it such structure, such boundaries, such societal norms saying you will not lie to me, you will not cheat on me, you will not gamble, you will not, uh, you know, cavort with other women, you will not be an alcoholic. These are the things that society says you will not do. But I don't know. If we look at the divorce rate, if we look at the relationship, the collapse of relationships, what we're doing in society ain't working. It's never worked. It's never worked because we have all of these boundaries and these limitations around each other about what's acceptable behavior and what's not. When really, if we go to the end game and imagine ourselves with our wings on, are we going to care? If somebody was, if somebody was an alcoholic in our lives, that person had an experience down here that was more painful for them than what it was for us. So are we not in a position to be able to be compassionate for that person if we've got our wings on? Are we not able to see that and then instead of feeling um, anger and resentment for that person and, and, and contempt for that person for being unfaithful or for stealing or whatever, that person's going through more pain than we can ever possibly imagine. And they're doing the best they can. They're doing the best that they possibly can to make their life work with the resources that they have. They're not waking up in the morning thinking, how can I be a butt face today? <laughs> They're just doing the best that they possibly can with what they have. And then we go and make them wrong for it just because society says it's wrong. You know, I, I, I really think that there's an opportunity to really question that. Because if we, and I question whether we are spiritual beings having a human experience or human beings having a spiritual experience. You know, just as we sit here around this microphone right now, I dare say we're human beings having a spiritual experience because we're really, at the moment, very connected to the grandest version of ourselves, the self, us with our wings on. Really, and for those of you guys who are listening, you know, I, I really encourage you to think about the real you, not the you that has resentments and hates and complaints, because you know, there's another there's another aspect around that that I want to I want to highlight here. And we were talking about this yesterday. Carl Jung was the first to postulate that what we perceive in others is nothing more than a projection of ourselves. So, for argument's sake, you know, I'm looking at Matt and Cindy's looking at her partner, and you know, Kim's looking at his at hers, and we've got all these things to say about them. Some really good stuff when they're nice and they're well behaved. <laughs> <laughs> we say that they're really good, they're gorgeous, they're spunky, we get along so well, you know, they've got a great sense of humour, they're, they're awesome. They're together, life's exciting, you know, we, we do say these things. We do. Mm. God help them. <laughs> if they put a foot wrong though, good grief. Especially with us, Lord. <laughs> it's true, God help them is all I can say. Oh, no. But this is the thing, you know, like you say, you know, um, one of the things that I'll say in my relationship is that he doesn't listen to me. He just doesn't listen to me. And he's not affectionate. And I am a real touchy-feely, lovey, smushy person. Especially with your dogs. Oh, but look how cute they are. <laughs> Could you not? Could if you, you not? were that cute, I'd smush you too. <laughs> or lie on your back with your legs apart like your dogs. <laughs> say no more. 
rub here and there doesn't go astray. <laughs> but, you know, that's one, those are the things that I'll say about my partner is that he doesn't listen to me, he's not affectionate, and sometimes he's quite disconnected. And I'm quite happy to share that with our listeners because that's a reality and I'm happy to air that, you know, as, as part of my dirty laundry. But everything that I perceive about him is nothing other than a projection of what's going on in me that requires healing. So if I say he's disconnected, I disconnected long before he did. But I project my disconnection out onto him and blame him for it, wanting him to change who he's being, rather than saying, wow, I've just said he was disconnected. Where am I disconnected? Well, I am totally disconnected from him right now because right now I could smash a bottle over his head. You know, like... I, and that's an internal dialogue that goes on during a fight for me now. You know, if Matt and I are having a fight and an argument together, I'm not thinking about, I'm not waiting for him to say something nasty that I can latch onto and then smash him up with it. I'm basically listening to all the things that I'm saying about him in my mind. I'm listening to what I'm saying about him and then I'm asking myself, where am I doing that? How is that a reflection of me? Where's that showing up in my life? So that then I don't retaliate and make the argument more exaggerated. I can look at myself and, wow, and I can say, wow, look at how disconnected I am from him. Look at how unaffectionate I am towards him because he hasn't been affectionate towards me. So I've disconnected from him. If you don't give me a hug, I won't give you a hug. If you don't give me a kiss, I won't give you a kiss. You don't hold my hand, I won't try and hold yours. And that just escalates over week, 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 week. And then all of a sudden I'm in a relationship that's completely disconnected and I wonder why. Am I an adult? I'm an adult. I can ask for what I want. If I want to hold hands, I'll ask to hold hands. If he says no, then he's in for a fight. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, this is, this is the real reality of it, is that everything that we project onto others is merely a reflection of what's going on in ourselves. So if we can take our attention off our partners of the blame game and holding everybody else responsible, and it's not just our partners, by the way, it's everybody in our lives. If we can look at everybody in our lives and say, what am I saying about you that's good? Because that's a reflection of me too. If I say you're beautiful, it's because I'm beautiful. Mm -hmm. If I say you're fun-loving and enthusiastic, I'm fun-loving and enthusiastic. That's a reflection of me too. But if I say you're mean and you're nasty and you're arrogant and you don't love me and you're disconnected and you're unsupportive every single one of those statements is a reflection of what's going on in me that may be true of our partners and it may be true of the outside person but it happened inside of us long before we were able to recognize it in another person so the healing needs to come from us no one else can save us no one else can heal us it's up to us to bring our attention and our energy back into us so that then we can, we can support and love ourselves through the experience. You know, when I was first setting up the business, Matt was very concerned about me setting up the business and he was very, very concerned about the financial situation. You know, I'm high maintenance and we had a very expensive lifestyle. So he was concerned about that and I took that as meaning he wasn't supporting me. So for two years, I had him at arm's length for two whole years where I continued to disconnect myself with him day after day after day after day for two years until finally our relationship reached breaking point because in my mind I was living with a man who was completely unsupportive. But it wasn't until I realised I wasn't supporting me. 
I was scared that my business wasn't going to succeed. I was worried about the money. I was worried that I wasn't good enough. I was worried that I would be a failure. I was worried that it wasn't going to be everything that I was telling everybody it was going to be. So the minute I took my attention off him and put my attention back onto myself and said, you know what? I don't know what the future is going to hold, but I am in the game. I will commit to this business. I'm not going to be scared. I'm just going to walk the path. I don't know what the next step's going to hold, but I tell you what, if I can just see five feet in front of me, that's all I need to see. And that was a conversation that I had with myself where I said, it's not about him, it's about me. Everything I'm projecting onto him is about me. Heal me first. There's nobody supporting me. There's nobody telling me, or I'm not telling me, I can do it. I'm not telling me I'm awesome. I'm not telling me I'm amazing, I'm strong. I've been through so much and I'm an incredible business person. I'm not telling me that. So when I start telling me that and I start supporting myself, then things might change in my relationship. And I can, I can tell you, hand on heart, hand on heart, within days of me taking that back as ownership for myself and responsibility for myself, within days, I had an entirely new relationship with Matt. Entirely new. From the perspective of... I could now see him rather than seeing him through my perception of what he was I could actually see him and all he was saying was are we going to make the mortgage repayment this month and all I had to say was yes but I made that question mean you don't support me you hate me you don't think I'm good enough you'll never you know you don't think I'll make this business work it's never going to work out I have to leave you you know I went through all of that but all his question was was how are you going are we going to have enough money to pay the mortgage this month? If we are, awesome. But I made that mean a whole bunch of other stuff. So for two years, I didn't see him. So I lost two years of being in relationship with my partner, which it wasn't worth it. Because now, when also when I look back on that and I take myself to the pearly gates with my wings on and I look down on my life and I think, really? Really? Was it that important that I would sacrifice love in my life? Was it really that important? Well, I guess in the context and the scheme of it, no, it wasn't that important. But I have to say I'm grateful for it because now I, now I know how to maintain that love in my life. Regardless of the arguments that we have or the disagreements that we have, I mean, I still want the pizza oven moved. There's no <laughs> mistake about it. I still want it moved. But I'm not going to make him wrong for it and I'm not going to tear him down for it. Because in the grander scheme of things, when I'm in the pearly gates, I'm not going to worry about that. All I'm going to worry about is, did I love well? Did I love lively? Did I love authentically? Did I love with intensity? And did I, did I give my all? That's what, I'm going to, that, that's what I'm going to think about when I'm sitting in the pearly gates. That's what's important. And I think that, you know, when we can see that everything that occurs in our relationships, like what happened with Matt and I in the business... It was a beautiful opportunity for me to grow. It was a beautiful opportunity for me to actually see the truth and to now be able to see other humans as a result of that experience because I probably would have got, wouldn't have got it otherwise. Now I'll never make that same mistake again because I've grown and I've expanded as a result of it. But I'll tell you what, it took me two years to get the lesson. Now, anything happens between Matt and I takes me two minutes because I am not going to sacrifice love in my life for two years ever again. Not for anything. 
even if he was unfaithful or whatever the situation may be, not for anything. Because he, he, he will never be wrong in my eyes again, ever. Because everything he does is in pursuit of his own happiness and his own fulfillment. I'll make meaning of it and I'll project my own stories onto him. But as soon as I do that, then I can see what I'm doing and I'll clean it up and I'll stop holding him responsible for my own pain that needs to be healed. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Mm. Uh, and other things that you were saying you know, yesterday was uh, when someone is a, on a tirade towards you, you know, that you're the one that, you know, they're pointing the finger at you and, mm. and you, then you, you go through that whole aspect of, okay, what am I feeling about him right at the moment? Um, that must be a projection. Mm. But then I also loved what you said that once you've gone through that and they're still going and they're still, you know, mm. going on and on, what you then said uh, as regards to how you felt about your partner, you know, in that you felt, you actually went, he's, that they're, you know, because when they're having a tirade and they're blaming you for everything, they're actually, it's a projection of what they are, right? Yeah, right. Yes. And so what you, you said uh, was that, you actually sit there and you, you have sympathy mm. and sadness. And compassion. And compassion mm. and for that person who doesn't know how else to um, get through this mm. except to blame or, you know... I, I, and and who, who gives us the right to judge that person in that way? You know, that's one thing I've learnt a heck of a lot. Um, you both know my story and... and my husband and I have an amazing relationship, but we went through a really rough patch three or four years ago, and and one of those led us to a point where our marriage was over. Um, I really did think it was over, and he thought he had done enough damage to create it to be over. And I'll never forget sitting there with our beautiful counsellor, and, and this is one thing I would recommend. If you can't do this yourself if you can't see the wood for the trees, then sometimes it's actually really helpful to find someone with whom can help you see those trees. And Jacqueline was my, my saviour. She didn't save our marriage. She saved me as a person and Danny as a person or helped us save ourselves, which in turn saved our marriage. Her first question, and I think this is really getting to the, the crux of what you've been saying, Karen, was... We're sitting there in tears, the two of us. Our marriage is over. Um, Danny had been travelling a lot. He had derailed completely, drinking, drugs, you know, depression, the whole thing. It was, it was quite horrific. But we're sitting there and she looks at us both and she goes, and she's, she's 86, she's French. She goes, my darlings, do you love one another? Kim, do you love Danny? And, of course, I've turned around and gone, yes. <laughs> if I have to right now. Yes. And she goes, well, Danny, do you love Kim? And he goes, absolutely. And she goes, oh, we have no problem. <laughs> and I looked at her and I was looking for meaning. I was mm. looking for blame. I was looking for reason. She said, look, Kim, there are many, re you know, there's many reasons why people do the things that they do. Yes, sure, there's no excuse for that behaviour sometimes. But at the end of the day, the best place, and it's the hardest place to ever get to in a relationship, is forgiveness, compassion and loving no matter what. 
You know, I was walking up the side of a mountain in the Himalayas a year later, and Danny and I were walking up this hill with a, a group of, you know, commentators, and we were looking out at this amazing vista. And as I was walking up that hill, Danny was right beside me, and I remember saying to him, you look at this hill as our marriage. We are looking at this as our marriage. We have to walk up it, we have to be strong, and we're going to get to the top no matter how hard it is. Got it? <laughs> that was my little control thing. Um, <laughs> but right. he was... yeah. But he was really like, I got it, I'm, I'm with you. Anyway, yeah, we, we separated at different times. There were different people on the track and things like that. But this man came up to me, a friend of Danny's, who knows Danny very well and had only just got to know me. And I'm embarrassed about our marriage and that people know that our marriage has gone through a really tough time. And he turns around to me and he goes, how are you faring, Kim? And I went, I'm okay, as I've got tears in my eyes looking out at this view. And he goes, I'm not going to say much. But I'm going to say this, you know my Christian faith. And, and this is where I really love people with different philosophies to hear their different approaches because sometimes it gives you insights whether you're a Christian or not. But he said, you know what, the devil is always at play and the devil is always at play in relationships. And you can frame that however you like and you look, look at the devil however, which it could be alcohol as the devil, it could be a, 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 an affair, it could be drugs, whatever, but it's the devil at play. And the devil's job is to create conflict and break up family, the family unit. And he goes, you just got to look at this situation at the, as the devil at play. And he said, but... You didn't let it ruin you. You're still here. 90% of women might have left the marriage. And he said, but you two are working on this together and I take my hat off to you. And then he looked at me and he goes, but I'm going to say something else to you. He goes, history is something extraordinary. When you have a relationship with someone that you have this beautiful history with, with lots of good times and perhaps lots of not so great times, but that is something you can never rebuild. So don't ever throw it away just on an egotistical mm. whim where you go, oh, stuff you, I'm out of here. And he goes, so don't ever forget that. And he goes, and the most important thing I'd say to you is forgiveness and compassion are two of the hardest traits of all for humans to really um, embrace and be. And it's easy for us to say, yeah, I forgive you. And, you know, our children, you butt face. <laughs> And yes, I love you. Um, and Tomorrow. you know, yeah, we, we, <laughs> and we really, we might not feel it, but when you talk about that place of angel wings mm. and sitting there with non-judgment, non-prejudice, compassion, and really feeling if that person's gone through all of that, how much pain are they in? When you take it off yourself mm. and you look at the person who's supposedly done the wrong then you have nothing but compassion when you are truly in that place. And I guess the other thing Jacqueline said to me, Kim, if you can't do it for yourself in these moments because you're angry, you're hurt, you're upset, then you have two children that are watching you every moment to see how to get through a tough time. I got that as an aha. Mm. And for those of us that are mothers and parents, you will know that they are watching, listening and hearing everything and sometimes more than you'd ever want them to know and hear. But I remember my two children sitting there saying to me, we hate Dad. We don't want him here. I'll never let him kiss me again. Um, he should never have been drinking like that. He should not have been doing the things he's done. I don't want him here. And my husband's sitting there with tears in his eyes, listening to his children. He's asking for their forgiveness and our forgiveness. And I took them up to their bedroom, and we're sitting there on the, on the bed, and I just held both their hands, and I said, I said to Jacob, Jacob, have you ever made a mistake? 
and him at 10 years of age said, no. <laughs> and I went, really? What about when you held that boy down in the playground and you, you strangling him because you thought he'd stolen that notebook from that friend in your class? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I looked at Taylor and I said, and what about you, Taylor? You know, you're a beautiful dancer, but you've made mistakes on stage. You've, you've really mucked up sometimes or you've fallen or you haven't done something quite right that, and you're annoyed at yourself, but you've made a mistake, right? And she goes, yeah. And I said, well, how would you feel if the coach or the teachers or your parents or your siblings or friends all turned around and said, you are such a bad person, you are condemned and you are not worthy and we don't like you anymore and we're going to ostracise you and all those nasty things that you don't want. And yet you're sitting there saying, I'm sorry, please forgive me. You know, the, the greatest thing of all is to forgive others, but I reckon the hardest task of all is to forgive ourselves. But if we can get to that place, and I said to my children, Dad's asking for forgiveness. I'm asking for your forgiveness. If we can do this together as a family, then isn't that going to make us stronger? And Jacqueline even said to us as a family unit, you know, your family will never be the same after what's happened here. But if you all choose to work on yourselves and support each other, your family, your relationships will even be even better than they ever were. And that sat with me, and that's, to me, an angel wing moment. That's, mm. that's really looking down on what the relationship's all about. All that incidental barbecue, drinking, partying. Mm. None of it matters. You know, the pizza oven. Really? Pizza and barbecue. Really? I mean, just, really? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think the other part around that that's, I think, really important for us as humans to really get a grip on is that we only suffer because we think things should be different to what they are. So let's just look at that for a second. You know, somebody um, drinks and, you know, goes off the rails. Suffering becomes present because we think that that should not have happened. We think that it should be different to what it actually is. So then we go in and we suffer, even the kids. They think, well, Dad shouldn't have done that. That shouldn't have been our experience. Therefore, we're going to suffer now and everybody's going to suffer and we're going to make him pay for making us suffer. You know, well, then there's vengeance and all of that sort of stuff that goes on. But the only time that suffering is present is because we think that circumstances should be different to the way that they are. But the reality, you know, that, and, 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 and I'm in no disrespect because I'm human too and, I, and I'm teaching myself as much as I, you know, say these words... But that's an illusion. It's delusional to deal with something in the context of um, you stole from me, you shouldn't have, therefore now we're going to end our relationship, we're not going to be friends anymore, I'm going to fight with you and you're going to pay me back and it's going to become this big issue. Why not look at the reality and say, well, he should have stolen from me. He should have derailed he should have been unfaithful. He should have the barbecue there. The pizza oven should be there. Because the reality is, it is. So instead of going into it shouldn't be there and then having a whole bunch of palaver that occurs beyond that, why not just deal with the reality that the reality is it happened? And it happened because it should have happened because if it wasn't supposed to have happened, it wouldn't have in the grander universal scheme of things. If I wasn't supposed to live in my house, I would live in a different house. But I am living in my house. That's the reality. 
I might think I should live in another house, but the minute I think I should live in another house, I start to then not like the house I'm in, start feeling resentful because the garage is too small, or whatever the case might be. I and start it's like a fantasy, really. And it's delusional. It's delusional. Mm-hmm. It's delusional. Instead of realising, instead of dealing with what is, and this is the other thing that makes me question everything, because here we are living in society saying people shouldn't be unfaithful. People are unfaithful all the time. And people shouldn't be judgmental, but people, people are, are judgmental, judgmental all the, the time. time. <laughs> and people shouldn't steal, yet people yes. steal all the time. People shouldn't lie, yet people lie all the time. We are not living in a society that deals with reality. We're living in a society that deals with a delusion and lives in an illusion and it is clearly not working. So what if we were to deal with the reality of a relationship instead of the way it should be? You know, when my partner sees things, when Matt sees things that I might do, of course I'm just absolutely perfect so I can't imagine what he would see that I would do that would annoy him but I'm sure there are some things from time to time. (laughs) (laughs) But if Matt sees something going wrong with me or something he doesn't like and he should go into a fit of rage with me, not that that happens but let's imagine he did, goes into a fit of rage with me, it's only because he believes I shouldn't have done it. But I did do it! (laughs) That's the reality. And that's the reality. And I chose to do it. That's the other part of the reality. It is a choice I made. Who on earth gets to tell me I made a wrong choice? I have never, and you have never, no one has ever really made a wrong choice. In hindsight, they may have made a different choice, but at the time, we all make the best decisions we are capable of making at the time that we make them. Why must that be wrong? Why can't society deal with the reality that I made a choice that was the best decision I was capable of making at the time and it was a decision that I made? And it's like the, it's not right, it's not wrong. It just is. It just is. And and that, when when you get that... You, do, you can calm down a little bit. And you can, you can let relax. Every, you yeah. can. You can let go the attachment to it Good needing, and, and it needing right to be on. another way or it should be this way or I should, he should listen or they should do this or this. You know, you can actually let go of all or of that. Or you don't even get to that point, do no, you? you don't. You actually, you were saying yesterday, you, you, the minute you feel those feelings or that feeling of wanting to slam the door or yell at someone or be cross with them, the minute you get those feelings coming up is almost a, an anchor, if you like, to go, oh, what, is, what, is, what am I projecting here? What is being projected back at me? How do I learn from this? And I'm learning. We've got signs all around our house that say, speak softly. And that is something that came out of the therapy when we went all together as a family was speak softly because as far as Jacqueline was concerned, yelling is a form of abuse, a form of violence. And really a a top human value is non-violence if you really value that. And it's been really helpful. And the minute any one of us raises our voices, I was even in the kitchen the other day saying, Taylor, you know, Taylor, breakfast is on the table. And she comes out and she points to the sign. Oh. And How like, funny is that? Like, even though I wasn't saying it nasty, but yeah. in a way there was a tone to me. Like, Taylor, why, why didn't I just go to her and say, sweetheart, breakfast is on the table? She would have come. Mm. Intercom would work too. Intercom's great. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you brought up a great point, Karen, and I think that thing about struggle, and, and I've really struggled with the struggle of understanding that struggle is okay, 
And in fact, you know, but then I, I also have this Pollyanna view of life of why should we struggle? You know, why do we have to struggle? And, and when I was in India, His Holiness said, you know, in order to have joy, we need to understand struggle and not see struggle as the negative. In order to understand dark, we need to see light. And I, and I really get that. But our question on that walk that day was, well, why do we even have to go through struggle? And I remember Jacqueline saying to us, and, and this isn't just with Danny and I, it's whenever I talk about even when I see her about the business or if we're, we might be struggling to pay our bills this month or there might be coming, something coming up and she goes, my darling, there's a gift in everything. And sometimes I look at her and I go, well, I can't even pull the ribbon off, let alone see the box and the gift inside. But in time, when I'm really honestly in that place of angel wings and sitting there looking at it, I actually go, oh, my gosh. And you know, the greatest gift I'd, out of poor, poor Danny's demise, if you like, or his derailing, the greatest gift I've learnt from that, and, and I can say this with, with my hand on heart, is, is I've really learnt not to judge. I mean, I'm not good at it all the time, I'll be honest, but I've really learnt the under, to understand not to judge others, other people's relationships, other people's actions or the way they do things or not do things. I'm really working, and sometimes it comes very easily just to go, oh, oh, wow, you know, like that's interesting. Your view, like I don't have an attachment. My ego doesn't step in to think that my way is better or more important. And I think in relationships, whether it's our girlfriend, I mean, us girlfriends are the best at it. You look at the way we are as girlfriends. The three of us yesterday, if you'd been a fly on the wall, and in a way you're a fly on the wall right now, really, because it's the same conversation, there is never contempt. There is never judgment. There is never a sense of you're not good enough. It's, you know, oh, wow, have you thought about this? Or look how extraordinary you are. Look at the way you handled that. You have no idea, Karen. Danny and I were up for an hour and a half last night speaking over our conversation yesterday. We talked about it all morning before we've even come on air, just some of the things you've shared. Like, that's the impact of powerful, beautiful relationships that feed your soul and don't crush the soul or... Or give it negative, yeah, invalidate it, absolutely. You know, relationships, I believe, are the best um, places of education. Oh, yeah. The best places, whether it's with each, like the three of us, or with my children, or, you know, your children, or your dogs, Karen, or your husband, or it doesn't, like, or your parents, you know, they all teach us. And one of the things, Kim, that you have always said, draw a line in the sand. Mm. And... I really always go back to that. Draw a line in the sand. The arguments about the barbecue or the pizza oven or the eating of the food, you know, that's what the argument is. It's not about your history in the last, like, we've been married nearly uh, 28, 29 years we've been together, you know. But if you draw on that history and bring it all into the barbecue or Mm. into anything else that you're talking about, you, you haven't drawn the line in the sand. You're absolutely right. And Jacqueline said that. And I've read that and I've practised it. The minute we look back, and but you did and he did and she said and he did and, and what about that time when you... And the minute you bring up the past, you're not in the present. And you're looking almost... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're, you're looking to create that pain again rather than move through the pain and look at a new way of being. Do you, do you think if... I think we've got an amazing question here by one of our followers, and this might be a really good way to bring us all in with our own viewpoints on this, but she sent in this question. 
My partner and I are going to see a psychologist about our relationship and advice about how to move forward because I've been told I have borderline personality disorder. I have behaviours that make me do and say awful things and push people away. And we both want a relationship, but I think we're both nervous to try again. My partner did lots of things to break my trust and really hurt me when we, when we broke up. And I'm struggling to let go of that and allow a fresh start. If I can't trust him... I don't know how we can have a relationship. So I'm wondering what you guys do to work through your tough times. We really need guidance out there. A lot of us people do. And where to go from here and how we can rebuild trust and leave past hurts in the past. Do you guys have anything that can help with me and any advice you can pass on to us so that we can have the relationship of our dreams? And we're all looking at Karen. You know, there's a couple of things in there that um, I would make a comment on. And the first one is that, you know, we can't actually ever be responsible for another person's actions. And I want to share something Byron Katie actually talks about. She has a book called Loving What Is. And in her book, she talks about my business, your business and universal business. And I guess it's really what I've been talking about here this morning is that it's always got, we, we can only be responsible for ourselves. So by looking at our projections and what we're projecting out onto other people and then bringing that back to me and how I can heal me and make me a better person, that's all about me. It, what you do, what your partner does, it's got nothing to do with me and it is not my responsibility and it's also not my responsibility to make it my responsibility. And it doesn't mean anything. It's, it's, it's their business, their decisions, their choices. Leave them to be themselves and to make their own decisions and their own choices. This is the thing about relationships is that when we get into relationships with each other, we put on all of these boundaries, we put on all of these expectations, and then we try and hold people accountable. And we try to control the situation in order for us not to get hurt. But here's the thing about relationships, especially long-term relationships. In our long-term relationships, what lands up happening over time is safety inside of that person's presence becomes a possibility. And when we're safe in those relationships, our ugliness comes to the surface and it happens unconsciously. But our ugliness comes to the surface in order for us to heal it. But what we do as humans is we take that ugliness and we project it out onto our partner. And then our partner then goes and reacts to that and either leaves the relationship, you know, commits infidelities or does their, whatever they need to do to handle that projection. And the same thing is actually happening for them. Their ugliness comes to the surface. They project it onto us. We then react to that and we've got all hell breaking loose. And that's what happens in relationships as opposed to a possibility where the ugliness comes to the surface and we don't project it onto others. We use our projections as a trigger and as an opportunity to say, what am I saying about my partner? What am I thinking about my partner? What am I seeing in him? This is the ugliness coming to the surface. Now, where is that happening in me? Let me see it. Let me find it. Let me stop it. Let me heal it. Let me go to the counsellors. Let me do the work. Let me do whatever I need to do. Because when I do that, my ugliness is healed for the moment. But part of being in relationships is also expansion. So after two years, ugliness comes to the surface. If we can heal it two years later, more ugliness is going to come to the surface. Heal it six months later, more ugliness is going to come to the surface. 
And the longer we're in relationships, the beautiful part about relationshiping is the deeper the ugliness goes and then surfaces. So our deepest, most dramatic ugliness comes out after 30 and 40 and 50 years. But it's stuff that never would have felt safe enough to come out for healing in a one-year or a six-month relationship. So our greatest expansion and our greatest evolution as humans occurs over a longer period of time and the more we're in relationship with each other. So in answer to our guest's question there, you know, in terms of personality disorders and, and taking responsibility for yourself, I'm not going to make any comment around that because I don't know, you know, who you're seeing and what support you're getting for yourself from a medication point of view or what you've done in the past and even how that diagnosis was um, came about. Um, I Personally, I, I would take what we are talking about here today and question everything. I wouldn't settle for that being a reality and I wouldn't settle for that being a truth. I would... Make sure that you question it for yourself because oftentimes we step into our diagnosis. Very oftentimes we'll be told that we have a borderline personality disorder or we have depression and therefore we go and step into that with greater ferocity. Now, I don't know if that's your situation to our guests, but my, question, my, my suggestion is to question that. If you both want to be in a relationship together, then there is a possibility. Then the opportunity exists. And what you both intend to bring to the relationship in my view, the greatest thing that you could give each other is the gift of responsibility. It's the gift of saying, I will be in this relationship with you and I will be responsible for myself and myself only. And I will not be responsible for you and you will not be responsible for me. I will be responsible for me. And the minute I'm not responsible for me, please tell me. Mm. <laughs> you know? No, and no. I saw a quote um, recently that was about that responsibility and it was, I am responsible for what I say. Mm. But I'm not responsible for what, what you, you do. Hear. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I do too. I, I just thought that makes a lot of sense because yeah. I am responsible for what I say, but some people interpret what you've said very differently. Mm -hmm. And isn't that, that's, you see, now there it is, it's perfect. Mm. Because what you say is filtered through my perceptions, mm. not filtered through reality. Yeah. Mm. If we could deal with the reality. With Matt just saying, are we going to pay the mortgage this month? If I could have just heard the reality. But no, it was filtered through all of my perceptions of he doesn't support me, he doesn't love me, he, I'm not good enough. But all of that was my stuff. I didn't think I was good enough. I was doubting myself. So it's, it's, it's absolutely, it's just the most perfect scenario. You couldn't have said anything more perfect. Do you think too, that. girls, that we have too much emphasis also on how things should be? In other words, I'm married to you now, therefore we're married for life. Correct. Um, what I'm learning is that there's no guarantees in life. We're, we've just gone through a whole lot of floods here in Queensland. There's bushfires in Victoria. Life can change in a flash. Um, I think the, the key for me now is really, and people say it and, and they probably give lip service to it a lot, about living in the present, living in the now. And we hear it all the time, but are we? Are we living in the now? Because right here, right now, all three of us have beautiful partners. We've got amazing families. We've got beautiful girlfriends. For me, right now, at my time of my life, I'm in a really happy place. And I am really excited about that. Three years ago... As you both know, my grandmother had passed away as well. I was in a heap. 
but just as the tide comes and goes, so do times and emotions and relationships and friendships and things change in our life. And I think that is the key, is not holding an expectation of what should be happening, but rather living in the truth and now and present. And, and even for our guest, let's say you commit to this relationship. Let's say you both go in and you do what Karen said, and I'm responsible for me, not responsible for anyone else. But let's say in six months, six years, 20 years' time, something happens and something changes and the relationship comes to an end. It, in the moment of it ending is not always easy, but it is what it is. And you could either spend the next 20 years of that relationship thinking it might come to an end and therefore you live in fear and therefore you project those fears and eventually he has an affair or, or she starts drinking or something happens because you knew at the beginning you should never have had this relationship. No, you, know, you know, you're sitting there and you're... That's how I see relationships can often break down is because we're fearful of what could happen and in those fears we end up projecting it and that often it can happen. There's a... Um... I have a, a monthly coaching program, um, and we've just actually done a, a, a series on that very point of the past, present, and the future. And I was talking about it. You know, it's amazing. In the past, we're not there because it's been, it's gone, it's done. We're not there. In the future, it hasn't arrived yet, so we're not there yet either. The only time that we're actually there is now that we're actually here is now. So the only time we have any power, any potency, any control, any say, any ability is now. We don't have any ability in the past. We don't have any ability in the future. So we're putting all of this energy into past hurts, past relationships, things that have gone wrong, things you did, things you said, things you didn't do, things you didn't say, and fighting about that. When it's been, it's gone, it's done, it's real, it happened, it was a reality, it shouldn't have been any other way. Therefore, the only time I have any power or potency or contribution or ability is in this very moment right now to do it differently or to make a new choice or to be responsible. It's in this moment. And if I'm to think that this afternoon when Matt comes home, I'll give him a big sloppy kiss and a great big hug and make a gorgeous candlelight dinner well that's wonderful to think about that but I have no ability or capability to bring that to fruition now so there's no point in me expending any energy in that now why not take that energy and expend it in this moment and create something magical for me through my perceptions around my relationship now instead of me thinking about my relationship and the things that you did to you know irritate me last week so similarly for our guest if we're to worry about the things that have gone in the past i can tell you now the person that you are today is a different person to who you were in the past it just it that's just natural your skin cells have changed your blood has changed your stomach lining has changed you are not the same person you are a different person at least physically and you can choose to be a different person emotionally and mentally and spiritually. We can make that choice based on who we decide to be in the relationship. And if we decide to be responsible in the relationship and be present in the now, because that is the only time that we have any capability or possibility, then we have a relationship that is going to be dynamic, electrifying. And if both parties can do that, awesome. But, you know... And, and I was going to say this earlier, you know, 99% of humanity actually don't get this stuff. They don't, we don't 
think this deeply into our, into our relationships or one partner does and the other partner doesn't um, and it just takes for one of us to love enough for both of us and for one of us to be able to have the insight and the conscious awareness of everything that we're sharing now it only requires one person doesn't require it, it, it also you know on that level it only takes one person to say I'm sorry for it to change a feeling, you totally. know, it takes one person to turn around and even in the heat of an argument. And, and my children are good at this. You know, I've been talking at Jacob going, you cannot behave like this. That's not appropriate, Jacob Morrison. You cannot do that. And he turns around and goes, God, you've got amazing eyes when you're angry. <laughs> and it's those moments <laughs> that all of a sudden love and you can dissipate it. It's our attachment to that pain, that struggle that I think we end up creating the issues yeah. with. So let's sum up what we've been talking about because uh, we have talked about a lot. Like I'm sitting here and my eyes are wide open. I, I love it. I mm. absolutely love um, the insight that comes out of, of both of you with relationships. You know, you're my support. You're my... Um, and you're ours. I know. Like Make we, no it's mistake. It's amazing what, what happens in this room. Not yeah, our, our partners don't realise. They, they, they thought they just married us. Yeah. You yeah, know, they got the lot. <laughs> they actually, they married all of us. <laughs> Marry me, marry up for a chat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I just, I was writing down some things that uh, I, I thought we could just summarise. So one was that a relationship is for learning. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. all part of learning. Everything is perfect. Mm. And it's imperfectly perfect. Mm. And that's perfect that it is imperfectly perfect. Yeah, because otherwise, if it didn't happen, well... Where would the learning where be? Where would the learning be? Mm. Yeah, that's so right. it happened because it's perfect. Draw a line in the sand. Mm. Don't keep living in the past. Live in, in the present or live in the now. But, and then you can have heaven on earth. Mm. We can be angels now. That's our ultimate goal. You know, we, we want to be happy. We want to be um, somebody that's progressing and, and going further and further. So we can have heaven on earth. That's, that's, we might as well go for our ultimate goal now, and that is heaven on earth. So we need our angel wings. I think so. I think everybody should go out and get angel wings tattooed on their foreheads. <laughs> I think that's... <laughs> that's going a little bit far. A little bit too far? A little no. bit too far? But I think it's true. I think, if, I think Cindy's Maybe summed the it wings up were already there. Maybe the wings are already, already there. there. It's like that statue of David. Mm. Oh, I love that. The perfection is already in the statue that just removed the outside marble. I think that, that was... I think that's perfect. Because I think that is the reality, you know. We, we are here for a reason, and part of our reason is expansion. And in relationships, it's where our greatest expansion occurs. So why not be very present to the expansion? Be very, very present to the experience of everything, and then look for ways that you can use those experiences to expand yourself. You can't, we can't expand on behalf of anybody else. We can't make anybody else expand. We can only do that for ourselves. And wouldn't life just be the most amazing experience if everybody got that, for one, but certainly for each of us as we do get it? Life changes. And it changes significantly because how we do one thing is how we do everything. So how we are in our relationships, when we really get this, that we can have heaven on earth, we just have to choose it. When we get this, everything changes with our kids, changes with our parents, changes with our business, changes with our relationship with money. It's our relationship with food, our relationship with our possessions, our relationship with our animals, our relationship to everything. Because if we think about life, we have a relationship with everything. I have a relationship with my pen. I have a relationship with my laptop. 
I have a relationship with everything in my life. But my most powerful relationship where my greatest expansion comes is with my fellow human being who is having a spiritual experience themselves, but they just may not know it. You know, one thing, remember we talked about briefly yesterday, just summarising and finishing up, was remember we, we all decided that if you've got self-love, you've got it sorted. Because mm. with self-love comes self-respect. And with self-respect comes self-control. Mm. So you will not lose it in an argument. You will not fall apart when you've got self-respect. You will not um, attack or judge others when you have self-love because there is no other need. There's no need for any of it. And no one can hurt you. You're, in, you're, you're, un, you're incapable of being hurt when you have self-love because mm. you love yourself more. When you have that love affair with yourself, I'm not talking conceited, but when we have a love affair with ourselves, nobody can hurt us and they're not doing anything to hurt us anyway. Nobody wakes up in the morning and thinks, how can I be a butt face to my girlfriend today? Or how can I really destroy her life for the rest of her life? Nobody wakes up in the morning thinking that. Sometimes they make choices that land up having that as an end result, but they didn't do that on purpose. And in the end scheme of things, when we're with our wings on, they didn't do it on purpose. It was just a choice they made and then we went ahead and wrecked our lives on behalf of that, you know? You know, I think, I think if people want to get more of this, they want to get more of us and, and go to these deeper levels with us, then the great thing is throughout the year we have a number of different seminars and, and possibilities. I mean, Karen, your, your gateway program is phenomenal and I would recommend that to anybody to get online and get her support because truly she's... She's a guru for, for Cindy and I. We are very privileged to be sitting here. If you want to follow Cindy and a number of her nutritional programs, trust me, her nutritional programs go deeper than nutrition. Hmm. She is what I would call a holistic, integrative nutritionist that, that totally looks at the whole picture. And, and together we've actually created a, a weekend seminar that we are holding a couple each year um, and that is called Awaken the Change Within. And if you are interested, then go to thewellnesscouch.com and have a look at what we can offer you to support you through this because just like we're hopefully helping you, you have no idea how much these conversations help us. So join us here as your professional reminders on Up For A Chat next week and be part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. We'll see you at all the W's, thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. Leave your comments, leave your questions and we'll check in with you again. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.